Hello and welcome to Minute 25 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Tom. And I'm Rob. And closing out the week with us today from American Graffiti, one song at a time is Tierney. How are you doing today? I was doing well until I just realized I should have a one-syllable name that consists of only three letters. I'm so sorry to have ruined the flow of the introductions. <laughs> so we're just called you Tear. There we go. <laughs> it's only one letter too much. Uh, no, depending yeah. how you spell Tear. Thank, thank you guys so much. Oh, my God, you're right. So we'll call you Ty. How's that? I'm I'm like having flashbacks to a course in Norse mythology now. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. This all works. Um, thank you so much for having me on for a whole week. This has been so much fun, even though like we have two actors and like in this tiny little space. Very well. Yes. We're 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 happy that you were able to join us. It's been a pleasure having you with us all week, definitely. So minute twenty five starts with Hilt finishing what he was studying in college with chemical engineering, and it ends with Ives saying, girls, men, girls. <laughs> <laughs> the contrast between these two characters in one sense. Um, so, yes, a chemical engineering college student who From the 1940s. Rode, <laughs> rode motorcycles, but, but also was, like, to pay his tuition – but also is a pilot, but also knows about tunneling, but chemical engine. I have none of this makes any sense. It's not meant to make <laughs> any sense. That's the point. This is this is all information that is never really used later in the movie, so no one really cares. It's just a way to 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 pass the time between these two characters. The yeah. motorcycle is the only thing that's 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 used later on. Nothing else. So. I mean, but so it was like 1970 that the U.S. military started requiring officers to have college degrees. So it's not terribly out of line that he might have left college to join up during World War II. Oh, yeah. But look at this man. (laughs) 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 I almost had a heart attack because. In the trivia, it was talking about all these famous roles that he was up for and decided not to do, or what it was when he was semi-retired, whatever. And one of them said they wanted him to be the star in The Graduate. And I was like, I'm sorry. As Mrs. Robinson? No! But that <laughs> no, I know that. I know that. Than him as Benjamin Brad, like the Dustin Hoffman role. The no, I obviously... wide-eyed, innocent child of The Graduate. They wanted Steve McQueen, and my brain exploded. And then here he says, oh, yeah, I'm a college student. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. What is going on? I know people age differently, but not that much. Okay, so now that you said that, I'm mentally comparing that image to – we had looked at some trivia for what roles Charles Bronson had been offered – He's another good one for that. I mean, one Die Hard and two The Shootist. I don't see Bronson in either one of those movies. <laughs> I I can see him in Die Hard, but it's not good. Like <laughs> Well, no, it, it, in all fairness to, to Die Hard, which is probably my favorite movie of all time, if I would have to 
you know, if someone forced me to, to, to make a choice, the, the Great Escape was in the top five for sure. It's based on, on, on a book called Nothing Lasts Forever, which the character is a retired policeman. It's not a young policeman. So from that perspective, and in 1968, I believe it was, uh, Frank Sinatra actually played the same character. But he, it was a Roderick Thorpe written novel that, and, and they had a lot of trouble when they were, when they wanted to cast someone in the role of, of Bruce, of, uh, of John McClane, because they had to first get Frank Sinatra's permission to make sure he didn't want the role. Just in case. Exactly. So, so when you say, you know, that maybe Charles Bronson should have been in that role, so I sort of, you know, I could sort of understand the, 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 the idea here. That yeah. why they would think of someone of that age? I guess I, I guess I get that one more than him playing John Wayne's role in The Shootist. Um, yeah, I wasn't even thinking age. I was just more... Like, I think Charles Bronson is great in this movie, but there's a... There's a woodenness to Charles Bronson that I think actually works for, like, the roles he's really good in. But, like, I, I, I can't picture his mouth forming the words yippee <laughs> Like, it just doesn't work. When I try and imagine him saying those lines, I can't do it. There is no sense of humor to the roles that I, like, love him in. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So Sinatra, Sinatra was, the movie that Sinatra was in was called The, the Detective. In 1968, okay. hmm. and his role, his his character's name was Joe Leland, who was the name of the character in the the real the, in the novel oh. of Die Hard. Uh, so I just, I just love the trivia that they, they needed to get Sinatra's permission to make sure he didn't want the role. <laughs> that you is know. amazing. <laughs> what if he had said yes? <laughs> the movie probably wouldn't have been made. <laughs> Right. No, because they, they basically said that in his contract for for the for the movie, it says that if they ever make a sequel, he's the first person who has to be offered the role. There and even go. though he was he was seventy three at the time that they made Die Hard. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh... yeah. I, and I yes. I get what you're saying. It is very important that McQueen establish his motorcycle bona fides within the character. I just think it could have been done in a less like eyebrow raising way. <laughs> like just have that be his job. That's fine. <laughs> it was the depression. That could be your job traveling the country riding a dirt bike. Like that'd be great. <laughs> That's true. No, I I love the way that, that, that these two characters because you have you basically have an American and a Scot and they completely mis misunderstand each other. You know, <laughs> when he says bike riding, bike riding <laughs> Bike riding, racing, birds—you know—the the, the, the contrast, the the, the the different nationalities here. So I think that's done really well. Uh, I love the fact that that he basically says that. Yeah, I, was, I used to go through. Uh, this was a, something I would do in in uh, in country fairs. I would uh, work on uh, flat tracks, and uh, there was a way I paid paid my tuition. You know, and then I joined up, you know, and then uh, after the war, he gets to probably uh, finish with the GI Bill. <laughs> yep. He'll go to uh, uh, Al Stevenson to get a, to get a loan. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this will be old news by the time this comes out. But there's a great moment in um, 
the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier that made me think of the best years of our lives, where someone goes to the bank for a loan. And I was just like, oh, my God, it's like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, because it, they did a really good job of, like, the bank, the person at the bank saying no is not being the bad guy. It's just, you know, oh, this that, unfortunate. That's his job. Like, yeah, it's just. It's just really too bad. He's on your side. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely thought of best years of our lives. And I have a feeling probably not many people watching a Marvel TV show were making that connection. I'm going to have to go rewatch that to, 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 to try and catch that. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, I, I grew up in a house. So my mother went to college in England in the seventies. And so, this guy with his incredible Scottish accent talking about birds and jockeys. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, this is this is what she was immersed in. This was her <laughs> life. These were the guys hitting on her at the bar. <laughs> I just maybe one of my as one of my favorite characters in this movie. And I just don't see him as a ladies man. I just Oh, I think he's lying <laughs> out of his teeth in this scene. <laughs> Because he's basically like, oh, yeah, I practically had to beat him off. Me, the cool, sexy jockey going town to town. And it's just like. Did you, though? I, I, I love the fact that you just mentioned that he used to go to uh, Musselburg and Hamilton. Like anyone's supposed to know what the hell those places are. <laughs> like like Steve McQueen is supposed to know what those places yeah. are. But, uh, yeah, that's just really funny. And I, I did know that birds means girls, purely. Yes, Again, from, I knew that too. I knew that too. Yeah. Were, were you also exposed to the entire, like, Beatles anthology when it was on in the 90s? Because that's what, like I said, my mom was a real Anglophile. And so it's like, if it if it involved the Fab Four, I learned it <laughs> as a kid. No, I've, I've, uh, I, can't, I can't even tell you where, I've, where, I, where I first heard it. I probably heard it in some movie and figured it out, you know, that, <laughs> back then also. I mean, I have a lot of British friends also, but I can't imagine any of them using the term birds. Yeah, it does it feel some, a little dated. I, I, were, was was it the odd couple that, that they, they had the, the, the two British neighbors? Oh, I don't know. I don't Ooh, remember I'm trying that. to remember if it was the odd couple. It could be. There was, there was a movie in the 60s where uh, where these two bachelors have, have this, these, these sisters come visit them. They're these British sisters. Hmm. I wonder if it's the outcome. Yeah, I, I mean, I've known it for a while, but it, for me, it probably came from this movie because I've just, uh... I've seen this movie so many times that I would have never thought twice about knowing it. But yeah, that's the yes, other. It was it was the the odd couple. The, wow, uh, good Sicily and Gwen, Sicily and Gwendolyn. <laughs> that's. That's an amazing fall. I'm really impressed. <laughs> um, I, I have a little bit of movie knowledge. Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Just, just do a podcast one minute at a time. Um, I thought of the other show that I grew up on that probably gave me a completely unrealistic cultural understanding of various places, which was uh, the British. Our PBS station would do the Britcoms, and I saw every single episode of Allo Allo. And so oh, I assume oh. that is what the French resistance was like. <laughs> of course. And that faulty towers is and faulty towers is is the way that uh, hotels are run. And those are completely accurate accents, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, that was another one of this era where it's like those bumbling bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, it's hard because it's just two guys standing in a room talking to each other. So, no, they're not standing in the well, same room. <laughs> that's, well, that's the beauty of it. They're standing in different rooms having this conversation. This is a, it, I was about to say this is a short minute, but every minute's the same. It's just a question of what totally happens in it. something that happens. <laughs> well, and I wonder too, though, I assume that guard at the end of the hallway is still there. Like, there's still always going to be a guard watching the cooler. What is he making of all of this? If he even uh, speaks English. Now, so that's that was next, I, I was just going to say that. Don't speak English, but they should. That seems like it would be useful. Well, to... Right. I would think you would put the English speakers on that post. Like you can put the guys who don't speak at, yeah. you know, who can barely speak any German on the guard posts, you know, the towers with the machine guns. You want the people mm-hmm. who can speak the, I was about to say speak the English. So apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish accent goes, has broken us. <laughs> it goes back to the old joke. You know, what do you call someone who, who speaks three languages? Trilingual. What do you call someone who speaks two languages? Bilingual. And what do you call someone who speaks one language? American. Uh. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think that there was a guard in there, but you're absolutely right. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I still haven't been able to, to get your challenge. Haven't found that the uh, the lighting guy. In- I don't, yeah. I just thought I'd throw it out there. And I will throw out a trivia challenge for later in the movie that I actually had seen, like written in books, but it has since been debunked. Um, which is, you guys know to look for Harrison Ford later, right? In this movie? Yeah. No. I remember seeing this when I first got into Star Wars and Indiana Jones. It was like, oh yeah, he's on credit. He's on the train. Uh, yeah, on the train when they're saying Tally Ho, supposedly one of the other passengers is Harrison Ford, except. There's no way it is because That's right. there's no way yeah. Harrison Ford was in Germany in 1963, <laughs> like unknown to anyone. Uh, you never know, <laughs> but uh, he, I mean, he was 20. He was, uh, you know, going through uh, doing doing a trip across Europe, backpacking across <laughs> Europe. But yeah, that was something that I remembered seeing. Like, oh yeah, you know, because and people who become huge stars did have these little uncredited, like sitting in a crowded train things when they're younger. But um, yeah, I, I remembered seeing that as like, Oh, is Harrison Ford in the great escape. And then it was like, no, that's not him. <laughs> just, it's just someone who looks kind of like him, but. I mean, if you fun- want to talk about lookalikes later on, much later on, there's a guy who looks like John Lovitz. There's, there's a Nazi who looks, uh, looks like John Lovitz. <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> but we're gonna not get to that for months. <laughs> I know you. Get, well, you guys have a lot to look forward to. There's at least of that, course, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, and and um, Harrison Ford's first uncredited role was in 1966. Yeah. So it's again, it's just close enough that when yeah, again before the that internet, you can was sort of big, believe it. Believe it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's the Dark Ages. We didn't know any better. (laughs) Before IMDb. Yes. 
exactly. It's pre pre IMDb. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm so glad podcast didn't come along until after these resources existed. <laughs> even though even though they are crowdsourced, so they are not infallible, it's still a good a good starting place. True. I mean <laughs> I still remember as a kid I used to do fantasy baseball and we would have to actually get the paper Whoa. every day and look through the stats I, instead yep. of instead of getting it all online. Uh, so and, and it was actually fun doing it that way. Uh, but now it's so much easier. So yeah, there's, there's I mean, no question about that. I did that same thing with fantasy football when, even when I was a kid, and you know, I'm a little bit younger than you are, Rob. So That's right. But I also remember having to buy the fantasy football and fantasy baseball magazines. Mm. See, I never got into fantasy until way later, and by then it was all on the computer. Right. So it was super easy. Yeah, because I don't. I knew nothing about football, but I did fantasy football just because it was like, yeah, we need more people for the league, so here's your team. Good luck. There was one year I did it all based on, like, um, people whose names were, like, the names of Harry Potter characters. That was how I chose my team. Or someone with the last name Pettigrew, and I was like, oh, I could build a whole theme around this. And and what what place did you get did you did you get in in the end of the season? I I never did very well, but I don't think I was ever bottom of the league. Like I never stayed bottom of the league at the end of the day. The best was um, one year I won our March Madness bracket purely out of um, uh, I had uh, University of Connecticut going farther than anyone else in college basketball because I had gone there and they had all gone to a rival school. And they oh. hated UConn, so they all put it getting knocked out, and they won. So I won the bracket that year. It's like, yeah. ah, getcha. <laughs> so on that same boat of you just being that last person to fill in and randomly picking yeah. you. One of the first years I played fantasy football, we had a family league, and we ne- needed a, one more to make an even number, and my grandpa joined the team. And he pretty much picked no one but Minnesota Vikings. Except for the his fantasy team was the Minnesota Vikings. Pretty much, <laughs> except for this was 1998. <laughs> oh. So he just cleaned the house that year. That's hilarious. Oh wow, um, Tierney! One of the things that we we never asked you this entire week that you've been here is you never told us what your history of this movie is. Oh, um, so like I mentioned, this is one that would be on TV. Uh, any. Memorial Day, uh, 4th of July weekends, the cable networks are going to be running Great Escape and, lots of, and uh, The Dirty Dozen and things <laughs> like that. And um, so I mostly caught it on there. And then I do remember at some point in high school or maybe my freshman year of college being like, I don't think I've ever seen this whole movie and renting it to be like, okay, no, now I know I've seen it. Um, I had to do the same thing with Bridge Over the River Kwai where it's like, I know this movie, but I I could not I could I'd never sat down and watched you know the whole first scene to okay. the end of credits. So yeah, um, but yeah, it it really I mean I don't need to tell you guys it holds up, but like it's still a really great movie. Like <laughs> it's amazing to me when you see these things and it's like this is still gripping and keeps you interested and. Yeah, there's no female roles because 
they're at a POW camp in World War II. So, like, people can stop whining about that. It's, I have the same thing with Lawrence of Arabia, which I think is one of the most brilliant films ever made. But one of the most famous trivia is that there are, like, no woman ever says a word in the entire movie. The movie Definitely. which requires an intermission. Right, but you have <laughs> but, that here also. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, well, because they weren't there. <laughs> no, but then you, you, you have movies which which just throw in uh, a secretary somewhere, you know, in order to, to just, to just yeah. Yep. So, um, but yeah, I was, I was very pleased because I know, um, like I've been watching a few, for doing Movies by Minutes podcast, you know, I've gotten to see. Dirty Harry, and I've watched, um, what is the other Clint Eastwood? Heartbreak Ridge for the first time, and it's just like, so, some movies, uh, more movies can hold up better than others. <laughs> Not that Dirty Harry is a war movie, but I feel like Clint Eastwood it just sort kind of, of drags it over in the it's sort of that sort realm. Of. But yeah, I just volunteered to rewatch Full Metal Jacket for the first time in forever, and I'm just like, oh man. It's that's gonna be a downer of an evening. <laughs> the first half of that movie is oh, fantastic. I love. I no, yeah. the whole thing is beautiful. Ooh. Great movie, both both sections of it. I I love the first half. Not a fan of the second half. No, the thing I love about it is it's basically two movies put together. <laughs> that that's that's a great way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's definitely. When I looked at the scene, and and Steve McQueen is just one of those actors. I came to knowing him totally differently in that I'm a huge Ally McGraw fan. And so <laughs> you kept seeing pictures of her with Steve McQueen. And I'm like, who's that guy? He seems cool. And it's like, yes, congratulations. You have unlocked the big secret of the 60s. Steve McQueen, <laughs> cool guy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that was a pleasant surprise. So I was really glad, like, you know, we were talking earlier this week. Oh, Steve McQueen, not the greatest range on an actor ever. But what he does, he does really well. Like, yes, he is good in this movie. He is a good actor in this film. <laughs> Absolutely. No question about it. Yeah. Again, preaching to the choir <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> it's not always the case. <laughs> well, in this case, it's true. <laughs> yes. yes, indeed. And uh, I assume your outro music will be Cheryl Crow's Steve McQueen song that she wrote. Uh, no. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> uh, well, is there anything else you want to get in about the movie in general, Tierney? Uh... I, I think I'm good. Uh, again, thank you for the excuse to rewatch it and take it out of the library because it's, it's one that crosses my path, you know, once a year when I catch it on a holiday weekend. So it was nice to sit down and watch it properly. Well, thank, right. thank Great. you. Yes. Thank you for joining us all week. You want to remind everyone where they can find your projects at? Oh, yes. Well, if you don't host a podcast and I just randomly show up on it, you can seek me out by contacting One Steel Sister. Uh, that's my handle on Twitter and Instagram. And also, if you slap a dot com on it, you'll find my website. And I am in far too many of these Movies by Minute Facebook groups. So you'll see me around on there 
Terry Seal. Um, and yes, I will keep plugging it, even though it doesn't feel real as of recording. But I am now an author. So if you want, if you are interested in my book, check it out. I'm sure I will have promoted it in all those places. <laughs> well, while you're checking out all the Tyranny's projects, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you use. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at thegreatminute at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, The Cooler, or you can follow us on Twitter at GreatEscapeMXM, or you can just go ahead and check out our website, thegreatescapeminute.com. Until Monday, tally-ho. 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 Tally-ho.